Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Hey, Nicole, how are you doing today? I am doing well. How about yourself, Chris? Doing good, doing good. Enjoying the warm weather, the sunshine. Just, uh, it's wonderful. Yes, back from a long holiday weekend, which is always fun, but excited to talk about horse stuff today. I know, I know. And today we're going to talk about building top line. And I find this one fascinating because it really does talk a lot about physiology of the horse when you're, you're discussing nutritional effects on the horse, not just fat covering, because that always seems to be what we focus on. But this one specifically with muscling, it's going to be a good talk. It's going to be a good talk. So I, I think to kind of start this off, because going down this path, evaluating horse health, evaluating nutritional effects on the horse, the standard has always been the, the body condition scoring system, correct? Yes. Yep. That's kind of the system we've been working with since the 80s. But we've realized that just looking at the horse's body condition score, it's really only capturing their energy status at any given time. And I'm sure you can think of examples of the horse who, if you try to feel their ribs, they're there, but they're not visually apparent, but they still look kind of thin to you. And that's often because their muscling is light. So if they're thin through their neck, you know, kind of sunken in over their top line, maybe they look thin from behind, but that fat cover is there. They're getting enough calories, which is what the body condition scoring system is measuring. But something else is obviously missing that they don't look as good as they could. No, it, it is. And it, it, it's really fascinating because when I started to work with you and you introduced the tribute wellness system. I was really blown away. I was like, oh, this is brilliant because after going to all the equine nutrition conferences and and it really wasn't on the radar. I, I wasn't hearing it from my colleagues, you know, from, from around the United States. So when you discussed this and discussed it specifically with top line scoring, I thought it was brilliant. So can you just, I know we've, we've spoken about it before, but just a quick, brief overview? Absolutely. So it utilizes the body condition scoring system. So one to nine, one really thin, nine really fat, healthy body condition between a four and six. We also look at the top line and we score the crest of the horse's neck because this is an area that a fat pocket on the crest of their neck can be an indicator of metabolic type conditions. But today, focusing really on the muscle part, we give a top line score. And that top line score goes from one to four. A one is that super sunken in, think emaciated horse where their vertebrae are just sticking up and there's just no muscle cover over their back at all. A four, on the other hand, is that horse with a really bulging top line. So actually, if you looked at these horses from behind, you would actually see kind of the muscle bulging up on either side of the spine. So they're not fat, but they have that much muscling that the level of the muscle rises above the spine. Most horses are going to be more like a three, which is where the spine and the muscle are level because that's what they're genetically disposed to do. So you can't create more muscle on a horse than their genetic capability, but through nutrition and some other things, we can at least maximize the amount of genetic expression of muscling that the horse is able to do. 
Right. And so what I found fascinating is, is because, you know, doing a lot of body condition scoring through the years, you know, we always did look at the back and I just didn't tie it to muscle. I just always tied it to fat for some reason. So why the top line? Why is that a good spot to evaluate muscling? The top line's really helpful because you do have this big, long muscle. It's the longestimus dorsi muscle, and it's actually a tube. So it gives us a really easy way to visualize that. And the nice thing is if you're looking in the muscling primarily over the top line, it tends to go along with the muscling on the rest of the horse's body. Not always 100% true, but we can really see the nutritional changes in the horse's top line is a really easy way to visualize it. So that's a lot easier than going, okay, this is the muscle on their gaskin. This is their forearm. This is across the hips. It's trying to look at a very simplified system because let's be realistic as horse owners, we're busy. So if we can find one easy way to evaluate a horse and, you know, once a month, take a picture, score them, that's something you can actually keep up with. No, yeah, 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 very true, very true. And you know, don't have time to like measure everything around the horse. Now, you you briefly mentioned the scores, you know, like a four or three. Can you just really quick? It's a it's a the top line scoring system is a one to four system that you've developed, and just again, four was that nice rounded, three was pretty even with the spine, right, and then two and one. Correct. So, and I can't take credit. I didn't actually develop the system that was in place here at Tribute before I well, started. Tribute did. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. But um, four is going to be that really rounded muscle that actually comes above the level of the spine. A top line score of three, the muscle is going to be level with the spine. Two, it's slightly sunken in. A one, it's really sunken in. So that vertebrae is super duper prominent. And for those of you who are like, I can't really visualize what she's talking about. We do have some really nice images on our website under the Tribute Wellness System, which we can link out that actually show you examples of each of these. Because I think that's a lot easier than attempting to describe them. Absolutely. Yeah. I always go to the show notes and, and there'll be the link there that you can do that and look because I'm very visual too. So I've got to see it to, uh, to believe it, I guess. <laughs> now you were talking about genetics and you're right. Like genetics can affect how well mu- a horse is muscled. What are some of the other things that can affect a horse's top line? Great question. So genetics would be a huge one. Even thinking within the same breed, like a quarter horse that's bred to do the halter classes is probably not going to look the same as a racing bred quarter horse. So you can really easily see the influence of genetics in that sort of situation. Another one is going to be age. So as horses age, they have a little bit harder time building muscle. And you have some age-related issues like Cushing's, for example, that can cause muscle wasting. So that's another reason that a horse might, you know, have a more sunken in appearance if they have Cushing's. Exercise is another big component. So, you know, some horses definitely need more of certain types of work in order to fully express the amount of muscle that they're willing to build. So it'd be things like hacking up and down hills, going over ground poles, the right type of work, the stretching long and low, all of those can help build a horse's top line. But all of the exercise in the world is not going to be able to work if you don't provide that adequate nutrition for them to build top line. Yeah, that's a perfect lead in, you know, all of all of those components 
do lead back to what you eat. And if you're not eating the proper things or the horse is not eating the proper things, obviously they're not going to be able to support muscle building. So my question is, what in the diet is going to contribute to developing a healthy top line? So when we think about muscle, the first thing that comes to everyone's mind, obviously, is protein. It's the first thing on a tag. A lot of times when you're talking about a feed, someone will say, well, I feed a 12%. And logically, I I know they're talking about I feed a 12% protein. The funny thing is that protein is not what the horse actually absorbs and uses to build muscle. What they do in their small intestine is they break down mus- they break down protein into amino acids. Those amino acids, so the little tiny precursors of protein, those are what are used to actually build muscle and do all sorts of other things. So even though this is a super muscle focused uh, podcast, don't forget that amino acids and then largely protein, if we're talking about the big picture, have tons of jobs in the horse's body. So even though we're visualizing it through muscle, it's part of the immune system. There are certain amino acids that play a role in building your hoof quality, your hair coat. There are all of these huge things. We're just looking at muscle as the outward expression of the horse's amino acid status. Right. So saying that, I mean, we feed tons of protein. I know that. I I used to always talk about overfeeding protein. You know, I used to tell my students and owners, you know, you smell that that strong, super strong ammonia smell in a stall. You're probably overfeeding some protein. Why should we be concerned if we're feeding all this excess protein or too much protein to meet their requirements? Yeah. So, yeah, fantastic question because it's very difficult to create a protein deficiency in a horse if you're thinking about just crude protein. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you look at, you know, the recommendations in the NRC and your average hay, unless we're feeding like really poor quality, warm season grass, you're almost always providing more crude protein than the horse would technically require. The hard thing about that is that the horse doesn't truly require crude protein. We're just not sophisticated enough to have all of the amino acid breakdowns to use true amino acid balancing to derive the horse's requirements. So when you see situations where you're overfeeding protein, you may not actually be feeding enough of those certain amino acids that they can use all of the protein in their diet. So you get that strong ammonia smell because if the horse doesn't use those amino acids, goes out in the urine. So there could be a situation where, well, I'm feeding a hay with X percentage protein. And we actually add something like a ration balancer with more protein and the smell of ammonia goes down. That's because by providing what are called the limiting amino acids, it helps the horse use the rest of the protein in the hay portion of their diet. So this gets a little bit sciencey. So I'm going to try to keep it simple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> You know, there are certain amino acids that just aren't present in even really good forage in great enough quantities. We call these the limiting amino acids. And what happens is the horse absorbs protein from its small intestine, and then it kind of takes a survey of what uses and what's limiting. So for example, lysine's our first limiting amino acid. If you only have 50% of the lysine requirement... The horse will go do 50% of those things in the body. But even though you had the rest of the protein to do 
the other 50% of the jobs, it can't use it because the lysine isn't there. So then it has to urinate it out. So that's what we call limiting amino acids. If you think about it as a cup, your cup's only as full as the lowest crack. That crack would be your limiting amino acid. Any amino acids above and beyond those just spill out in the urine. Yeah, it is. It is complex. It is a lot of complex chemistry, biochemistry. That's why we took so many of those classes. Well, uh, and to take it a step further, if you really think about it, we should have two requirements for the horse. We should have small intestinal amino acid requirements. And don't forget that protein feeds the bugs that lives in the hindgut of the horse, which digest your hay to make energy. Those bugs have protein and amino acid requirements as well. So, you know, if you think about the actual digestion of protein through the horse, really, we should have two different requirements. We're not that sophisticated. But a lot of your protein digestion from your hay, it actually happens in the hindgut. And you need that to happen in order to generate energy from forage. So when we think about we're feeding protein, it's not just that you're overfeeding protein. So, you know, it gets absorbed and urinated out. Some of it has to go to the hindgut of the horse. Right. And I, and I think it's very important to highlight that not all proteins created equal. That you, you, you mentioned it with the forage. So can you give a couple examples possibly of a protein from, you know, a grass hay versus say soy protein? What's, what's really the difference? Because I hear protein, I'm like, oh, it's the same. It's plants, plant protein, great, right? But yeah, they're that's- not. That's a, equal. Yeah. Yep. That's a great question. So one of the things that soy protein would bring into the diet that's missing from our hay is methionine. So methionine's probably usually the second limiting amino acid. Lysine is the first limiting amino acid. So soy protein has way more methionine if you put them on similar units as your hay or your grass. So that's an example of where we're kind of mixing and matching protein profiles within a finished feed. I wouldn't rely on just soy for all of my protein because I still couldn't quite balance the hay with soy alone, but it gets me a lot closer in providing some of those limiting amino acids. So it's highly digestible. It provides a good profile, but it doesn't by itself quite get there. So that's why I wouldn't recommend you go out and feed hay plus roasted soybeans, because even though you're providing some of the limiting amino acids, you can't actually provide all of them with just roasted soybeans. When looking at feeds, right? So if, if I'm looking today, because we're talking about building top lines, so there's all the background stuff that, you know, how amino acids support muscles. And I want to build top line in a horse. So first question is, if I have a hard keeper, how do I do that? If let's say they're at a two, between a two and a three, and I'm like, okay, Dr. Rambo, here's my horse, you know, I'm exercising them a few times each week. How do I build their top line? What am I not feeding them? So the first thing I would do is look at what you're already feeding today. So one of the things we can do, particularly if a horse needs calories in addition to their, you know, top line building vitamins, all of that, we'd be looking at a full intake feed. So step one is what is the amino acid profile of your full intake feed? So if you look at a tribute tag, you're going to see lysine, methionine, threonine all on the tag, and you're going to see pretty high levels couple reasons for that. One, we're thinking about how can we best support the horse's needs. Two, we're 
also trying to keep our meal sizes smaller, even in complete feeds. So that lets us get down to that four pound minimum for a horse of average size. So we have it very concentrated. So the first thing I would look at is how well fortified is the feed that you're feeding today? I might be able to make a change in your horse's top line just by going from a feed that maybe doesn't have much added amino acids to one like, you know, any of the tribute ones, Senior Sport, Calm Ultra, any of those that are appropriate for the hard keeper. They also have a lot of added amino acids, both from the actual choice of ingredients like the soy or the canola, the alfalfa meal, just depends on what product we're talking about. And in some places, we're actually using some crystalline amino acids as well to really bring those levels up to higher ones that are going to support the horse's top line really well. So that would be my first step. If you're already on senior sport, for example, and you're thinking, well, I'm doing the exercise. My horse's weight is good. Why is he still not building top line? Some horses need a little bit of extra help. So what I would do is I'd add a pound of essential K on top of your senior sport in order to get a nice boost of those essential amino acids to help build top line. Now I will say if it's a situation where your hard keeper is also thin, so they're coming from a rescue case or they've been sick and they've lost a lot of weight, they do have to put on a certain amount of body condition before they're really able to put energy towards building muscle. So a common misconception that I see on the horse who's really thin, they say, well, we want to work him so that he builds muscle. If they're that thin, they simply can't build muscle until you've kind of filled their energy reserves to a certain point. So like zooming out even from my example, step one, let's get them to a healthy body condition as our number one focus. Then we're at that healthy body condition We'd look at the base concentrate, see if we can make a product improvement there. If that's not quite enough, then we'd add a pound of the ration balancer on top. Now, switching to the other extreme, I have an overweight horse or an easy keeper, and I want to build top line. You know, their top line score, again, is a two or a three, even though they they may be in a body condition score above six you know, what would I do in that, in those situations? In that situation, we'd maybe look at restricting your forage access a little bit to work on the body condition score. But again, we'd be looking at a ration balancer like essential K or wholesome blends balancer in order to bring those amino acids into the diet. We could always add an extra pound in that situation as well. So say they're on one pound per day, which is what a horse in light activity would need. We could increase to two with a very minimal increase in calories You know, one thing I do want to point out is we often think about hay quality just from the standpoint of providing calories, especially in those overweight horses. There are situations where you have low quality hay and in low quality hay, one of the things that happens is that it can provide enough calories for the easy keepers. And even though the protein level might test okay, if it's got a lot of lignin, which is the component that makes it really that stemmy, that more mature stemmy feeling, the lignin ties up the protein, which makes it less digestible. So I've definitely seen situations where we've had the easy keeper who has looked fine on just their one pound of essential K. You know, this year's hay is not great, but you know, I just threw him an extra flake and he maintained his weight fine, but he otherwise doesn't look as great. 
there are situations where even though you're getting enough calories, hay quality can impact muscling for that reason. And it, it gives us a bigger hole we have to come out of nutritionally. So that's a situation where even our easy keeper might have to bump up the essential K a little bit higher simply to make up for those other things lacking in the hay. It's complex. It's, you know, it's listening to you talk and, and, you know, you need this protein to help this protein be absorbed and utilized. And that is why you were sentenced to how many years of college to learn all this in graduate school? Many, many years Uh, of college. Um, You know, another thing people ask, well, if I feed plenty of protein or what's the digestibility of the protein and, you know, what's the digestibility of this product? You have to remember nothing's 100% digestible. It's Mm going to vary by the maturity of the hay, by the type of hay, all of those things. Because if it was 100% digestible, A, nothing would come out of the back end of the horse. But B, remember, manure is used for fertilizer. And part of the reason for that is you're getting some nitrogen out the back end of the horse. So that just makes it that much more complicated because even though the hay test says, well, this is 12% crude protein, that doesn't mean the horse absorbs all of that crude protein. Yeah. Right. And just as we wrap this up, any final tips you want to give on, on helping to support building top line? Sure. Just kind of big picture. One, you know, let's be realistic about our goals. My goal for the halter horse is not going to be the same as it would be for, you know, the thoroughbred off the track. On that note, actually, I get a lot of these questions about thoroughbreds off the track. That's a tough transition because they're using entirely different muscles. They benefit from that extra pound of essential K or wholesome blends balancer a lot. Um, That'd be a common recommendation I make. So one, let's be realistic in our goals. A lot of times a top line score of three is a great goal to have because four is not achievable for all horses, that really dramatic expression of muscle. The next thing is just looking at the total diet. Where are there gaps that I need to fill in? And then finally, in the horse who's previously had a pretty good top line, who's had a loss in top line, that's where I start thinking, is there something else going on, especially if I've been on the same program? So some things that you could rule out. One, we could do a hay test because that will just give us a better idea of what the hay quality is and see if maybe that's a contributing factor. Two, are they older? Do we need to start doing some blood work for things like Cushing's? Or there's some other disease processes that cause horses to lose top line as well. Uh, It'd be really common in EPM, for example. So just zooming out, thinking about top line is not just nutritional, and particularly when a horse dramatically loses top line quickly, there are some things that we would want to check off the list to make sure aren't contributing to that before we solely focus on diet. Obviously, if they've lost top line, we're going to make some dietary changes to help them put it back on. But don't forget that can be a symptom of something bigger when you're evaluating your horse. And with Tribute, for example, we're a fixed formula. We keep those amino acids levels the same. So that wouldn't contribute to your horse losing top line, but there may be reasons that they need more support as they age or go through different stages. No, and and just as always, you know, you can go to the show notes and there's a link there. If you have any concerns or questions, please feel free to reach out to us. You know, we're here to help. And and that's why we do this podcast, spread education, you know, spread knowledge. It's what motivates Nicole and I. And so we just want to thank you for listening. 
again, thanks for sharing. I notice people are sharing the podcast now on social media. Thank you so much. Keep doing that, you know, as we grow this audience and take care and stay tuned for next week. Thanks all.